Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and uh, welcome to Five Times a Podcast, Liverpool former players uh, website. And uh, we've gathered here at Hilton Hotel today to discuss things that have gone on in the past week. And with me, uh, Gary Gillespie, as we all know, one of our great centre-backs and uh, a man who was watching his old team, the Celtic, last night in the European Cup. And Ronnie Whelan is with us. And Ronnie, again, for uh, those of you maybe too, too young to have seen him play, was one of our great midfield players. And who will ever forget his goal at Wembley? Certainly not me. That's so, a great start. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it should start every week. Yeah. So we're here to, do, to discuss uh, what is going on in, in the week. And... Uh, we're all, I think, boys, completely changed from last week where it was a little bit of a downer. We get a great result up at Sunderland. Everything's looking great. Suarez is back. SAS, Sturridge and Suarez. The future is looking good. How do you see it? Guy? I think it was vitally important that we bounced back after what was a disappointing result and performance against Southampton in the Premier League. I think the performance against United during the week in the, the, the Capital One Cup wasn't bad I thought we were probably the better side didn't really deserve to lose but league wise I think uh, as I say vitally important because of the start we had made I think vitally important we bounced back and we did that in, in good style albeit I don't think our performance at Sunderland was fantastic uh, I've seen us play better this yeah. season uh, but overall for the 90 minutes we kept going scored first goal in the second half uh, this season as well um, so all in all, I think it's vitally important we got that result. Did you not? Did you not feel the second half against Swansea was a little bit of a warning because they were so bad, couldn't get the ball for 45 minutes, couldn't get the ball off Swansea, um, and I thought that was a little bit of a warning. It should have been nipped in the bud straight away, but obviously wasn't because the performance then against Southampton was not equally as bad, but wasn't a good performance against Southampton. I think the performances up to even up to Swansea in the second half. Had, had tailed off. I think we started the game, each game that we, we played this season really started really well in the first 45 minutes. Yes. Playing with you know high intensity, good energy, closing people down in areas of the pitch, high up the pitch. In the second half, for whatever reason, it dropped off. I don't think it was just the Swansea game running. I think that, that was the case in the first game against Stoke City. Yes. Certainly the, the, very much the case against Man United at home as well. Um, so I don't know, it's, it's difficult to put your finger on it, mm. but you're right, it probably was maybe a warning sign that you know, we it's not all rosy. You know, you, yeah. you win three games, everyone feels great, don't they? Do you get a little bit carried away with it? Maybe they did, um, but they they put it right at the weekend. Do you think we are getting a wee bit carried away because we're up there again, just uh, behind the Arsenal up at the top of the league? Um, I thought that the performance was well much better. Let's put it that way. We did score a, a second half mm. goal, which you hadn't been doing. And I think the form of uh, Suarez coming back into the team and his, his attitude, because I think that's the one thing that, that we as former players would look at and just say, I wonder how this fella's going to react now that he's back in the team. And I just thought he was terrific. I thought he never stopped running and battling and, you know, and, and we know he can score goals. And it looks as if, now, again, it's a bit early and, and there's no point in getting carried away, but it looks as if... Sturridge and Suarez could be a really potent partnership. It's it's not exactly your Russian dog leash, is it, or Keegan Toshak sort of thing, Beardsley, Aldridge, where one drops off all the time and one stays up front like all those stay up front, Russian stay up front. The two of them, and I think this is why people say they can't play with each other because they are fairly similar, and they? they they both seem to drift into little areas around. And it's whether you can get them in the box at the same time like they were at the weekend for me. If, if, they're, if they're clever enough or I don't know what the, the word you're looking for is that they can play off each other and, yeah. and find themselves in the right areas at the right time as Rush and Doug Leach did and Beardsley and Aldrich did. Um, will they keep that up week in, week out? And, and that, that, 
would be my only concern that they are a little bit similar. Yeah, I agree with that. The partnership is totally different. When you think of like Rushy always played on the shoulder of the last defender, and then he was always looking for the ball in behind. Aldo was like a predator inside the 18 yard box, bought wide players to get crosses into the box. Great at finding space for like for cross balls, although you know John Barnes and like must have provided about I thought seventy five percent of like, all those goals. Um, but as you rightly say, Ronnie, I think at times both Sturridge and Suarez want to come get involved in midfield play, and at times unless you've got people going beyond them, the likes of maybe Moses or the Coutinho's when they're playing, or the likes of Jordan Henderson even from wide areas, then sometimes you're a little bit. Short of numbers in the box when the ball's eventually getting in there. I, I can see what you're talking about. If both of them leave the middle, somebody's got to fill the middle. Yeah. Uh, and I think a Coutinho, uh, who has got an eye for goal, we've seen that. He's a clever little player. When he comes back, he may be the one that just flits in there and says, Thanks, lads. I see a nice little hole and I'm coming in. Mm. At the moment, it, we, we know that uh, Lucas is not going to do it because no. Lucas is stationed in the middle uh, so he's not going to go forward uh, Jordan Henderson yes did a lot of more forward running I think in the last couple of games I've seen so he might be but is, is he a goal scorer and as you know in, in the modern game and we see it every night we watch TV Players are going from midfield and scoring goals. And Ronnie played midfield. You went scored goals. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if Suarez moves one way and Sturridge moves another way, and they drag two centre backs out. Someone's got to make that. Yes. Ramirez is the one at the moment that Chelsea who makes these runs all the time and, get, and gets goals off. But you have to have timing of those runs to get in the right place at the right time. Coutinho, as Saint said, he's, he's clever enough, I think, to be able to exploit if centre backs move out of the way that he can either. Thread passes through to someone, or he can get into that area himself. Jordan Henderson, unfortunately, when he gets in the box, he he gets a little bit scared of it, unless it happens quickly, as it did recently in the League Cup when he not made the fella run through. You know, so it's all happening quick, and he can do it. If he gets time to think about it, Jordan gets a little bit lost, I think. But um, I think the fella who can get forward, or, or whatever players will get forward, I think when you when you've got Gerard and Lucas sitting, you know, you shouldn't be. Frightened. Moses shouldn't be frightened to get forward. Somebody shouldn't be frightened to get forward because you've always got cover behind you. So it's a case of getting there and, and make sure your runners is time properly. Terry Mack, timing oh, of his runs yeah, from yeah. midfield was, was was magnificent. Yeah, I think when you look at the partnership, though, I mean Suarez scores what twenty three league goals last season. Sturridge just came towards the end of the season, didn't he? Like I think he's got what eleven and eleven Premier League games or something like that. So if you get like I don't know thirty odd goals between the two of them. Or like even more than that, maybe thirty-five to forty goals uh, between the two of them. Then it only really requires, you know, the, the midfield players to chip in with, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, that's probably something that you know Brendan's probably looked at and mm-hmm. thinking, well, if these guys are going to score the goals, then we've got enough sufficient backup with the likes of Coutinho who will get the odd goal. The likes of Moses probably get the odd goal. Your centre backs coming up for a set place probably get the odd goal. And your goals tally like, should be good at the end of the uh-huh. season. But, I mean, it's it's keeping them all fit, isn't it? It's keeping Sturridge fit, certainly Suarez uh, coming back into the side. Um, Coutinho's obviously been out injured, didn't he? I mean, he was he was key. I think I think it was, it's, it's fallen nice for like for Brendan and Liverpool at this moment, saying that Suarez has managed to come back in just as a period where Coutinho's yeah. been out on yeah. the sidelines because yeah. his creativity was sadly missed. So, well, you know. What's your opinion now on the centre-back situations, the, the three at the back, Gary? Did you ever play any time with just three of you there? We, we played on quite on a regular basis. Ken used to change it um, for some of the big games, especially away from, from home. Um, we were talking about this the other day on LFC TV, and I think it was Didi Haman that made quite a good point. He said, you know, certainly when we probably played it, uh, and under Kenny's regime, it was more a kind of defensive kind of thing that was. It was, it was uh, if you come up against Millwall and Wimbledon with big, big centre backs, yeah, big, big centre yeah. forwards, two up there, uh, and they'd get three big fellas. It was more for height, wasn't yeah, it, to, uh, to bring into the team rather than. Rather than the tactical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's play football. From set yeah. pieces and 
bombardment, yeah. three big fellas yeah. at the back. But I think the way that Brendan's looking at it is to give them more freedom to go forward, to be honest with you. I think um, the the game, was it the Southampton game, wasn't it? He played the four centre-backs and a flat-back four, which didn't quite work, did it? Because, no. you know, you're so used to Glenn Johnson bombing down that right-hand side, and that's such a big part of Liverpool's play, that if you take that out of it, then you're losing really what's quite an effective attacking right. force. So I think playing the three centre-backs has allowed Jordan Henderson to push forward on that right-hand side. And he's a good athlete. He's young, he's enthusiastic, he's got good energy. Uh, you know, he might not you know, be the best finisher in the world, but you know, from the energy side of it, down that right-hand side, and Jose Enrique down the left, it, I think it, it gives Liverpool a little bit more attacking options. And the, th- the three at the back, are, you know, you've got to have the players to play that system, and I think Liverpool have got the players. Yeah, they, they, they looked quite comfortable doing it. And if... If Johnson comes back, when he does come back, I mean, will he fit in as a, just as a right back, or will the three at the back stay as they are, and and Johnson pushes into that <laughs> sort of attacking <laughs> midfield wide role? Yeah. I think he can do it. Yeah, yeah I think he can do it. Yeah. I think he, I think he's he's a lad that has got the ability to do it, and a sort of held back a bit at times. But he he's got a great shot on him as well. Gets forward, good good control. He's more idea when he gets in around the box than Jordan right. say. That he can still yeah. take people on, you know, drag it back inside, hit it with his left. He, he, he's right. got that. Yeah. Um, whether it's just it's a away thing, Man United away, the last game away, is it a counter-attacking way the manager thinks this is better if I have three at the back and the full-backs can bomb on? Is it better away from home when he changes? You mentioned the other day on LFC TV that maybe he'll go up to flat-back four against Palace and... Because they're going to sit back, and they Palace. They're not going to come out very often and, yeah, and, well, and attack us. I think possibly as well. It gives you the opportunity to play Suarez as, as Sturridge as a twin strike force as well, which is, you know, I think is something that Brendan's obviously looked at. Um, so on the attacking side, that's a plus that you've got the two of them playing more or less as twin strikers, as opposed to maybe having one up and you know just one playing in that number ten position. Uh, but I, when Glenn Johnson comes back, will he stick with it? I think. It certainly gives them options, yeah. and I think the more options you have as a manager, then obviously the better it is for them. Yeah. What will happen then when Daniel Agger gets fit? I mean, Daniel Agger is one of the classy defenders, isn't he? I mean, he, so he won't sort of leave him sitting on, on the bench, I wouldn't have thought. So he brings him in. What does he do with, with the three that's playing at the moment? Would, would Sacco be up because he's the last man in? Or <laughs> <laughs> because he's left foot and I yeah. on that side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, 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 it's well decisions for yeah. the manager to make, isn't it? Well, yeah, when you look at it, like, I mean, Sacco would probably be the obvious, obvious choice. Not because he's last man in, but just purely and simply, I think that the, the way that Brendan wants to play with his centre backs, he wants a right-footed centre back on the right-hand side and a left-footed centre back on the left side. So if Daniel Agger is to get back into the side, you would you would expect it to be on that left-hand side, which would mean that Sacco would have to be the one that takes the, the, the side step. Or they revert to a back four again and put Sacco at left back. They could do that as well. But uh, again, I just think that's taken away a little bit from your attacking yes. threat. Um, I mean, Sacco is a good... Like, he looks a, a decent player on the ball and that, but mm-hmm. has he got the att- same attacking threat as maybe a natural left back as Jose Enrique possibly not I don't think he has no. so it'll be an interesting one if he, if, if he does continue with this, this centre back situation whether Daniel Agger will come back into the side because I think we're all agreed that probably Daniel Agger as a ball playing centre back is one of the best if not the best in the Premier League at this moment in time if he doesn't come back in will he start thinking about Barcelona come <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's what yeah. they do now don't oh, they must yeah. have the team it's like a source close to the player's head <laughs> probably his agent but because it was mentioned about Barcelona for a while wasn't it and I was looking at he may go is he going to be unhappy but it's, it's the price you have to pay isn't it if you're playing well and you stay in the team you, if you can't get back in unfortunately that should, be, that should always be the case you know, if you're in and you're playing well, yeah. uh, and unless you get rested, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got the young yeah. lad coming in as well, Ilori Tiago Ilori. I watched him in an under-21 game, and uh, he was very, very good and looked, you know, 
if not the finished article, near enough to the finished article, yeah. even at like the young age he is, he needs to maybe like you know strengthen up a little bit. But as a as a centre back, I think they've signed uh, a, a real good prospect. Oh, well, I mean, but Big Tory has done well for me. Yeah, you know, I, I think you know, that strength to the to the whole thing, isn't it? You know, I like I like to see that. You know, that, that physical presence here. The enthusiasm as well, isn't it? You know, you you lose the enthusiasm of Jamie Carragher, and this fella comes in who's who's. Older, so to what say. Is he 30, but, 32? Yeah, I think yeah. he's around that. But, yeah. but his, his enthusiasm on the pitch seems to, to rub off, and he tries to organise people around him. He gets people going. He's up and down, isn't he? I think he's been um, he's been great for the for the team since he came in. I think what amazes me about him is the, the fact that he still has that enthusiasm. I think that's great credit to him. When you think of the teams he's like played in, some great Arsenal sides, went to Man City, played in like you know with big players there. To come to Liverpool and then you know still maintain that enthusiasm and that desire to, to you know to, to go and do it, I, I think um, he surprised me a little bit. I have to say that, and uh, uh, he really has been a big plus for for, for, for Brendan. Now, w- with these defenders, and you know, it looks as if we've we've beginning to get a, a, a good defensive system working. Our goalkeeper Minole has made more saves according yeah. to the stats than any other Premier League goalkeeper. <laughs> now, what does that say then? The opposition are having shots, three shots back to You've just built up the defenders, and all of a sudden the goalkeepers have to be miraculous. Now, that is a funny stat, that isn't it? it Why is, is that? It's difficult to put your finger on the same because, as I say, you. I think it was was it last season that Liverpool actually were like um, the best at that, like uh, conceding fewer shots than any other team in, in the Premier League. Oh, they certainly were one of the best, if not the best. But um, I, I think he's been a big plus Mignolet as well. I think yeah. when you th- when you think about it, nobody really has mentioned the absence of Pepe Reina. I think that's you know that's to Mignolet's credit because Pepe was such a big character and, and such a, a a good player for Liverpool mm-hmm. that he, he really hasn't been missed to be honest with you. And like I, I said, it, even when Pepe was a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers have to make saves at big important times, and, and you, when you come back and look back at this season, he's made he's big young. saves at really important si- uh, uh, important times. None none more than the, uh, uh, the first game of the season oh. against Stoke City with that penalty, and that's obviously helped them, give them a bit of confidence. Well, you also see on on Saturday against Sunderland, the goal comes from a long range shot. Keeper has to parry it away. Um, just after that, Gardner hits one from right side midfield, mm. twenty five yards. Maybe there's a lot of this happening. Like, it's a, statistics are there, we all know. Now, and it's part of the game, isn't it? But, you know, is, is most of the shots he's saving from 25, 30 yards yeah. and, he, and they're not really the greatest saves in the world? Um, but I was, we, we mentioned it the other yes, day as well, that somebody's got to close down quicker from, for the goal last week against Sunderland and then even Gardner when he hit it on the left. Somebody, either your full back or your midfielder's got to go and close. Get, it's like footballers are frightened that the ball's going to hurt them today and it's probably... The least severe ever the football. They don't hurt you that much anymore. But players have got to close down quicker for when there's people shooting from the edge of the box or outside. Actually, the the ball. I mean, obviously, I've never played with the new ball. But uh, when you see lads thumping them from thirty yards and they're flying at the roof of the net, I mean, it, it would appear that it's a great ball to play with and strike it. And although you see some walls in the defensive walls. You get a lot of the walls lined up, and then they're all frightened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all ducking and getting out of the way. Not the bravest. You know, yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm glad to say that you know at Liverpool over the years, I think we've had guys that have stood there and take it, take a bit of pain, and get a whack in the face with it. But it, uh, it, is, it moves around a lot the, the modern ball, and uh, as you see, I'm glad that our goalkeeper has, has been bang on form. We, but I thought on high balls, cross balls. He's had a couple of flaps. Um, now, whether that's something that he's working every day at training ground, he will become better at. He'd, lo- he'd rather punch at the moment, I would think, than catch. Yeah, I think, it's, I think they're actually coached like that now, see, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I think um, the, I would goalkeeping coaches tend to coach them punching it rather than catching yeah. it. Uh, Peeling simply, I think, because of like, the amount of bodies that, that, that are in the box. And movement of the ball, and, maybe. And, and, yeah. Um, and even from shots, you'll see them like you know. Instead of trying to catch it, they'll, they'll go punch with their fists and punch yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, Pepe Reina wasn't the best in cross cross balls either. I thought that was probably his weakness. Meanly, you know, pre-season looked quite comfortable, uh, but one or two times in this season, uh, he's looked a little bit uh, vulnerable with, the, with that sort of situation. 
but I think uh, overall he's, he's been a good asset and uh, as I say he certainly saved us an awful lot of points if, if, if your centre-backs know that you're coming you can arrange yourself can't you to get back on them you know we had Bruce for early on especially Bruce coming for crosses once there was bodies around you didn't know but you knew he was coming so yeah. once you knew he was coming, yeah. he shouted, "I'm coming!" and and then he'd whack you in the back of the head. <laughs> but you could arrange, yeah. you could sort yourself out positionally once you knew he was on his way. So yeah. it, it helps like that. If Mignolet is telling them, "I'm coming for this," and sometimes when they come and they, they they catch it or punch it, they take all the pressure off you anyway. What about team play in general? Are we keeping the ball? Well enough when we've got it. I mean, I was watching Barcelona last night and against the Celtic, your old team, the Celtic, and they kept the ball. Well, in the first couple of minutes, three minutes of the game, I don't think the Celtic player never touched the ball. They just pass and pass and pass it, and it passed you to death. We know that. But our boys, we we we're not keeping it. Not saying for minutes, but we're not maybe keeping it as long as we should. I think we're, we're two or three passes and then isn't there, isn't there a time to keep it and a time to do the right thing you know, we're trying to keep it the goalkeeper the left back with the two centre backs go wide don't they and then the, the, the three centre backs now that you've got would be spread across the box and they're trying to keep us Southampton they get closed down by four or five players I don't know where or how they can find if, if Southampton push five players onto your three surely you have some players some available for the ball the and pitch, I didn't think yeah. we were able to to find or get a way out to play into midfield from there but there comes a time when you've just got to launch it mm. and Liverpool I think I get themselves cut out by not launching it again Pep, um, Enrique passing across the box on Saturday nearly got give away a goal I think sometimes they're just not making the right decisions I think when they start making the right decisions and passing it a little bit quicker we will look good we will look an awful lot better but even Brendan Rodgers said it the other day didn't he that our first pass to keep the ball has got to be an awful lot better we've got to be able to keep it for longer periods they did it in the second half when they got under pressure they kept the ball well for 10 minutes and just calmed the game down again um, but they don't do it often enough yeah I think especially this season I don't think it has been as good uh, possession is, is a means to an end though. You, I mean if you if you're a well if you're a defender you want to get personally I think you want to get the ball up to your strikers as, as quick as possible but you have to give them a fair chance that doesn't mean by just hoofing it up and, and, and making it a 50-50 ball you have to make them favourite to, to win the ball but if you've got the opportunity as a defender to play it to a left full back or play it to your centre forward well I think it's a no-brainer you want to play it to your centre sure. forward don't you sure. um, I, I, you as a striker saying, yeah. you, you would appreciate that always looked for the fullbacks, if the fullbacks got it, I would make an angle so that if he wants me, I'm here. I'm coming off. If he wants to play me, I'm in here. I get it and lay it off to somebody else and then move but again. How long would it have taken you to get so fed up that they're passing across the back and you're screaming, you're moving, across, you're no, moving? No, no. <laughs> I might have to have a word. Excuse <laughs> 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 me, lads. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. funny, actually, because Kenny Dalgish used to, obviously, when Kenny played up front, <laughs> He would, he would be like the one player that would criticise you not for, for, for not passing it into him early enough and then when he played in midfield when he got older he dropped back to midfield he wanted it in midfield as opposed to passing it up front yeah. and don't bounce it in and don't bounce yeah. it in yeah. <laughs> well, now, what about our, our skipper our main man Stephen Gerrard we, we know he could play anyway if we put Stephen on the left wing he'd play but right back he'd play he played at the weekend in that central Rolling midfield, a sort of central defensive role in midfield, if you like, and his passing was magnificent. Was we saw that from the goals. And now he can do that, and he can do the forward bit as well. There's no two ways about it. But of those two roles, what would you like to see the manager doing this one? To keep him where he is, sitting there, or let's get him in the danger zones. I think it's again like because of Stevie Gerrard, and he can play anywhere, and he plays better. In places, then your best, you suppose the best centre midfield getting forward is, or your best defensive midfielder. Stevie G can do them both. Um, I prefer him ahead of the, that that role. I think he's better at creating things further up the pitch. Um, not for me, for him to be dropping off, getting the ball off centre backs, and then try and hit sixty-yard balls. Brilliant ball for the yeah. second goal, was it? Um, but I think he's, he's better further forward. But at the moment, Joe Allen injured. Who else would you put in there? If you're going to play two defensive midfielders, there's nobody. So do you nobody think he's really better 
in a position behind the two strikers, yeah. where a Coutinho position or a Victor Moses position, Victor as, opposed Moses to, position yeah. as opposed to being sat alongside Lucas I don't. Lever. I don't think he's, he's very clever at defending from there. Well, I think he gets himself ahead of the ball sometimes when they've got it. And that may be why people get at the back four a little bit. I agree with Shots that. On like, goal. Is that not why Lucas is like alongside him? Is that why Lucas doesn't play that role? But I, 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 I mean, I personally think he's better playing the role that he's playing at this moment in time. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him as, for want of a better phrase, a number ten these days. I think he's a better player when he's involved in the game and gets a lot more touches on the ball. I just think in that number ten position, I don't think he would have the same sort of influence as he does playing in the position what he's playing at this moment. What about balls getting played up the centre forwards like we were sort of talking about, and then coming back then? And Gerard getting balls in them little areas between the centre backs and the midfield, and then starting to well, one to thing do it from there. One, one thing I would say that I've, I've kind of noticed: I think we have been poor at uh, retaining possession when balls have been knocked into the strikers, whether it be Sturridge or whether it be Suarez. Especially Sturridge. Sturridge for me, uh, one part of the game he needs to improve as he's holding up play. The ball's getting knocked into him to hold it up and knock it off a little bit earlier. For me, sometimes he maybe has maybe one or two touches too many. That's great round about the 18-yard box when you can maybe you, you know wriggle. turn and wriggle and everything like that because you've got a chance to get a shot at goal. But further up the up the pitch or back from the 18-yard box, then knock it off early and get yourself in a, in a goal-scoring position. And I just think Stephen would be lost in that number 10 position at this moment in time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. I mean, I just love him when he's when he's around the edge of the 18-yard box. I think he is the one player that you want there because he can see the goal and, and he can hit them. And we've seen him right through his career. He will get his goals and goals win matches. But that, that's that, that's one thing. One one thing I would I've always been like unhappy about. I won't say critical. You're unhappy, unhappy about, about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's raining today. I'm unhappy. <laughs> I'm unhappy about Stephen taking corner kicks. Now, I don't see why Stephen Gerrard, our best kicker, our best goal scorer from around the edge of the box, is taking corner kicks. Why? I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Van Persie does it for Man United as well, doesn't he? Thirty-odd did it last night. Yeah, thirty-odd goals. I don't know why. I, don't I, don't, know. I just can't get. Under, I don't understand it myself. Who would you have taken them? Anybody except <laughs> anybody. The linesman. I take. Well, I mean. Well, anybody, surely to goodness, all professional players, can't they put the ball down in the corner and, and knock it in? Now, that's all you're asking. Whether you play, maybe, we never seem to play clever, what I would call clever corner kicks, you know, play short ones, maybe bum bum, and then people coming out of the back or whatever. We don't seem to do that, but it's Stephen just taking this ball and whipping in a corner kick. Now, is he the only player at Liverpool that can do that? I'd, I would say no, I'd say any of them could do it and leave him in a position. When the ball's, when he does take a corner and the ball gets headed out by the opposition and it lands about 25 yards out, I go, Stephen Sullivan, you can only be there waiting for it. Because he can read things. Can he not cross it and then get back and, well, and, and then shoot from the edge of the box? His fitness is not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to cross it. On He's running cross. from side to side to take corners, that's why. Well, so we all agree on that. And, uh, I agree with that. Let's wait and there's see. A, if it's, it's one of those weird things, and I've always wondered that about <laughs> yeah. 
Thierry Henry, especially at Arsenal, he's getting you millions of goals, and then he's out <laughs> taking a corner, and you think, why is that? Have they got some superstition, these players? Like Van Persie, you, you said. said Van Persie at United. Because no. nobody else can whip them in. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah. He's, he's, if the ball drops in the box, who would you want to be in among it if you're Man you get You want Van Persie, then, wouldn't you? And the one thing, uh, what happens there as well is if the ball goes out on the other side, like the, the, Stephen Gerrard's got to run from the right hand side of the pitch and then right across, <laughs> right across the other And side. that's another thing I go, go on, Stephen, we'll get a taxi before you get across there, you know. <laughs> I mean, the energy he's using up from the left side of the field, away to the right corner flag. It used to be box to box, now he's corner flag to corner flag. He's changed his game. I think we covered the. The right back situation, the right midfield wide situation. If Johnson comes back, would Henderson would Henderson still be in the team? Probably uh, not, but he may have to win not. the team, yeah. mightn't he? Because uh, Lucas is is out. Wisdom can also play that. I know he's, he's a young lad. You would put Johnson in ahead of him, obviously. But if Glenn Johnson's not fit, would you play Wisdom there and move Henderson back into midfield? I quite like the look of wisdom, and I mean you'll have seen him many times mm-hmm. with the with the games that you do for the yeah. FCTV. I think you have to be fair to him; he's never really let the, the the first team down. I think there's only maybe a couple of games where he's looked a little bit, you know, a little bit short. Um, his problem will always be where is his best position. I think, well, he obviously he started his career as a centre back. Yeah. He's coming into the first team as a as a right full back. Um, and does he have the same attacking ability as Glenn Johnson going forward? Well, to be honest with you, not many right backs no. in the country have the same ability as Glenn Johnson. So that's maybe something that he could work on. I'd probably see him more as a right back now than as a, as a centre back. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, that position, he could fill that position. Okay. Now, there's, there's um, talk in the game now uh, about B football, yeah. uh, where we have a, a B league. You know, it's where the. the I mean, I don't know. There's so many uh, things that have been happening in, in football, revamping and all the rest of it. Uh, but they're talking about players, because squad, there's big squads at, at football clubs now that they put, put half of them into a B team and, and play in, say, our League, league One, League Barcelona Two. Barcelona do it under Barcelona B, playing a tour division, something like that. Um, and they put the younger players into there, yeah. get them ready in this tour division football, and then bring them onto the first team. And I think with the, the big squads you've mentioned, I think it'd be great if Liverpool had a B team. I don't know how you work with players if you can use all your squad. You know what I mean? Your, your first team players drop them back into the B team when they're trying mm. to get back from injury or whatever um, but to put them in the third division it's going to be an awful lot better f- for me in the long run than, than playing under 18 or under 21 week in week out I think it, they'd learn an awful lot more by the, the different division older men experienced fellas down there in the third division smacking them about and uh, for me that would be, for me for Liverpool that would be a good idea you, you, you could have your Man United be in there your Arsenal be in there Tottenham be in there all in the third division they cannot get promoted they'd have to stay in there now what would happen then to, to the teams who are at this moment in time in, in that, that league yeah. is it goodbye and where do they go mm. you know fourth I mean, division should we get another no, another well, tier yeah, yeah, know, another football, tier football's yeah. not about other people at the moment there's a f- Football's about, about us, league. yeah. No, so Premier it's what league, we yeah. can get out. Yeah. Of it. If they give every, if Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, give it all those teams a little wedge, would they be not happy to have them all in there? They're, they're getting better football as well, getting better crowds. It's, I mean, it's asking if at this moment in time, the reserve structure or, or the elite development squad or the under twenty one team, what you know, call it what you may. Is that working at this moment in time? And probably the three of us around this table would probably say not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to be that's the way that they want to go forward with reserve team football. They want to have some a stepping stone from the under-18s to the under-21s. But then I think the biggest step is from the under-21 situation into the, into the first team. And that's probably why you see, especially from a lot of the big clubs, youngsters, likes of the, the Connor Cody's of this world, we mentioned earlier on, going out and loan and, and playing it like you know championship teams or, or League One teams or even League, League Two teams. And I just think that if you're playing under-21 football, reserve team football, 
say down at the academy or um, you know training pitches all over the country. That for your education, that's not a good education. You have to be playing in front of crowds, stadium, and uh, more experienced and, players. And more experienced players. And if you play along with or against more experienced players, then I think that improves you quicker and better than what the system is at this moment in time. Yeah, because under twenty ones playing along with other under twenty ones, you know, <laughs> where's the experience getting passed down the line? Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't. And but I mean, they're, they're talking about this now, and. The structure is not there. The structure is not there because, as we say, if you if you go to a lower division club and say to them, "I'm just say Doncaster Rovers," sorry, Doncaster, you know Liverpool are going to take over your spec in the league and you're out, and then Arsenal say, "Well, we're we're going to take Leighton Orient's position here and they're, and they're out." What's going to happen to the whole thing? Is it not a case now that we've we've got so much money coming into the game from from uh, television? Fortunes are coming into the game, so clubs are able to to pay and have huge squads. If they were maybe limited to the, the, the squads, where would those players go then? They'd need to find work at the lower division if they were good enough themselves. Well, they are and, limited. And they are limited. I mean, your, your first team squad is a squad of twenty-five, isn't it? So, like, you're limited to the, to that twenty-five. And albeit you can you can bring kids in that have played in your like under twenty one or your youth right. team, but you are limited to a, a squad of 20, 25 players that have got to be registered sometime. I don't know exactly the, the date it has to be registered. It's the the, the young lads in the under twenty one situation. I, I feel sorry for them. There's, there's, there's no somewhere for them to step up. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean, whether that's why I'm saying, like, do you go send them out on loan? And at times when you send them out on loan. Are you saying that the right football club? Are they getting games? Yeah. You know, there's no point in sending some out on loan and sitting on the bench, say at a, a Tranmere or a Sheffield United. Or, I mean, what, what's the point of doing that? Because they're not getting the experience, they're not getting football. So, I mean, they've just extended the under-21 league, I think, they? like at the beginning of this season. So it's, a, it's more like a proper league structure. Um, now, whether that will help or not, uh, uh, remains to be seen. And I have seen in a couple of games under-21 level that there has been first-team players or players that you would regard as first-team squad members mm-hmm. playing in, in, in these games so maybe that's uh, even if they're not 21 they're not no yeah exactly yeah well, some overage players yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, but even established players now don't want to go back down and play under 21 football reserve team football do they usually well, when they're coming back from injury or they've been uh, dropped it's bad enough and they're going in the reserves yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the reserves leagues were quite strong leagues mm-hmm. but you didn't want to play in them simply no. because you know you're not playing for it yeah, 50,000 you're playing yeah, for it did you know, good though saying if you're coming back from an injury or something like that in you, fact I saw, yeah. I saw it on Twitter the other day like, there was um, an Everton game against um, try to think it was one of the Sheffield clubs and the, the list of Everton players that were playing, Gascoigne was playing, Tony Hibbert was playing. Uh, oh, the list was endless, and it, it was like a first team. Yeah. Um, but that never happens anymore. Like first team players very, very seldom play. Albeit, as I say at the beginning of this season, I've seen one or two actually get a game. See, so Tranmere Rovers on our doorstep here, uh, Liverpool, uh, would be an ideal club. I suppose Everton might say, "Well, it'd be ideal for us as well," you know. But it would be an ideal club to to give your players to them and maybe because of the money that's in the game the big club would pay the wages of the players so you know you're playing in say second division football which is hard hard football and learning football and, and helping your local team would, would that not be an answer there's a, there's a number you can loan out isn't it I mean to a certain club I think it would help yeah mm. but you're only allowed four or five loans aren't you something throughout the season something like that I can't, I can't remember the exact number but if you're going to give half a dozen see again it'll come back to you give half a dozen players to tram uh, there's half a team gone missing now they're on the bench and the ones that are on the bench are now our football so <laughs> it's like like you're saying about the teams yeah. if we go take Doncaster's place Doncaster's out so I, I don't think so. you can take, I don't think you can take the place of, of you know registered Football league clubs. I don't think that that, that will ever happen. Um, I think you could maybe take over as such, and uh, 
I mean, you have to have an identity. I mean, people from Doncaster don't want to be a feeder club for, say, one of the big Sheffield clubs or, or maybe Nottingham Forest or something like that. You know, it's, uh, I don't think that happens. You, you have an affinity with your local club, and I think that's part and parcel of like British football team. Honestly. That's why we all love it because we all have an affinity to to, to a local football club. You know, it's, it's, it's funny thing football. Funny how throughout the years we've seen players come through the apprenticeship system and then sign a pro contract and you think this kid's going to be good and then next thing they've done two years pro and then they're gone you go whatever happened to him why why does it happen to him and I think this is a bit sterling young kid 17 <clears throat> has gone in didn't think about playing and just run at people and took people on sheer pace got past people now he's thinking about it or or not thinking about mm-hmm. it um, he's getting to positions and, and going what do I do now what do I do yeah um, I think probably his situation I would try and get him out for a year and let him learn I don't know, surely a championship team would take him if he's playing for Liverpool or has done many a game surely a championship team would, would have a go at Sterling and then see if he comes on from there if he doesn't come on in the championship well, he's, he's really unfortunately not going to be good enough for Liverpool football club Yeah, they did a thing, I think it was in the Sunday Express I, I looked at it, it was England under 19s and um, they went through the, whole, the entire team uh, basically like uh, they were describing how poor England had been at bringing through the, the youngsters from that age group yeah. to be you know playing at, 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 at senior level, level yeah. at senior level and, and really there's, there's only one or two that really had played a handful of games Wisdom was one for, for Liverpool uh, but other than that Conor Wickham was, was mentioned as well um, but these guys have not been regulars in their first teams and we know we sit here and, and I, as I say I do a, a lot well a, lot, a few of the under 18 games and under 21 games and you always get asked who's coming through and, but if you were to put a percentage on how many kids actually come through from academy level it's it's not great to be honest yeah. with you so you've got to be we're always a bit guarded in like saying who's going to actually make it Sterling and, and, and Jordan Ibe have done particularly well to come through from, from the academy system into Liverpool's first team played really really well pre-season but I do still think that like Ronnie they would benefit far better from going out on loan to, to a championship club or a, a, a league one club just to get that little bit of grounding under their belt Shelby went out didn't he went, went out on loan went, yes uh, I think it did him a, a yeah. bit of good absolutely I mean he, he scored some like six goals at Blackpool and came back to Liverpool <coughs> and, and got a chance in, in, in Liverpool's first team mm-hmm. um, obviously he's doing alright down, down at Swansea as well uh-huh. now, so. David Beckham went out yeah Beckham was sent to Preston for a year and that yeah done them a lot of good it, playing football where fellas probably were allowed to kick it a little bit more than they, they they'd getting away with a bit more and it, it probably brings you on as a as a as a man as a person, yeah. and, and knowing how to ride tackles how to get away from it, and it certainly helped Beckham ok lads let's just uh, throw it forward to the weekend uh, Crystal Palace coming up uh, a, a team that's uh, having the first season back in the big time for a while um, it's a game, I suppose, we're all going up there full of confidence, very optimistic of what's happened last week, and we're going to hammer them. Now, is that going to be the case, Gary? Uh, well, I do hope so, uh, but we thought we were going to hammer Southampton as well, so you've always got to be on your guard. I think at the beginning of the season, you look at Crystal Palace, you thought they were always going to struggle. Um, you know, Holloway, as much as everybody likes him, and he's got a, he's got a tough job on there. Uh, the, the, the resources that they have, the funds that they have, albeit they brought a few players in, but um, I, I still think they're going to struggle. And let's face it, if we've got any aspirations of finishing top four, which we obviously have, the way we've started, mm-hmm. these are games, especially at home at Anfield, that you know you're looking yeah. to win and, and win convincingly. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, that'll be the case. When, when you're coming up against teams like that, you, you did know if you started off right if everybody was up for it and come on let's go and do it early on do it for 15 20 minutes you could be too up and cruise down the rest of the game i think it's up to the the staff and the players how they go about it again second bottom palace you know is he going to say you know don't be you know got to be cagey early on none of that just going teams you should go at anfield and go and bang 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 for 25 minutes a couple of goals as i said and then just Take your foot off the pedal and cruise through the rest of the game. Yeah, you have to stamp your authority early on, don't yeah, you? Yeah, a few good tackles early on. Yeah. Keep the ball for long periods. Um, and the crowd will be up for it, Ronnie. The crowd, oh, what's been happening, where we are, sitting up there, you know, and everybody's, you know, the expectation is very, very high now. 
and I think the, the crowd have been great this year at Anfield. I think for you know they've gone up the noise levels. I, I think they've, we're getting a little bit excited again. The fans when they go along, and I, and I think they will be hoping and going for it right from the off, as you say. And that's the way that we should approach it. That's a cautious business, and let's, yeah. let's keep a hold of the ball and this. Uh, get it in their box early doors. They're the ones that are coming to Anfield. They're the ones that the pressure's on for them to, to try and scramble something. So we want the ball in their box, don't we? Sometimes I, I think that three at the back at home is going to get the, the crowd on their feet more because the two full-backs are going to keep bombing on. Like Henderson, even, even at Sunderland, teams like gather in, don't they, defensively? They gather in close together. They don't let you go through the middle an awful lot. If at home and you're getting Enrique and Henderson or whoever it'll be, Johnson or whoever, down that right-hand side and you're, you're bombarding them for, for long periods... I think that may help as well with getting the crowd. The, the crowd react to what happens on the pitch, don't yeah. they? If there's nothing happening on the pitch, yeah. they're going to become quiet. But, but the fifteen minutes is there. You know, when they're going to the game. Yeah. You know, if, if the club's going through a bit of a dismal time and whatever, and you, you know, you're, you're sitting about eighth or ninth in the league and you're thinking, well, we're not going to get top four, they go along there and, and there's no the expectation, there's no excitement. I mean, Saturday, going to the game, and it's a three o'clock Saturday. Which is, you know, nice to have a traditional kickoff again, isn't it? Uh, and they'll all be up there. And I think that's that kind of game that really gets Anfield the buzz that everybody talks about, the atmosphere at Anfield. And I think the, the crowd will be up for it. And I just hope that the players don't sit back. I hope they don't, you know, be cautious. I think. Crystal Palace. You know, if, yeah. if you're going to let them play, if you let footballers in the Premiership play, they're going to play. If you get closing down Palace players, they're not as good as your Gerard, your Suarez, and, and Sturridge's. They're going to give you the ball back fairly quickly if you close them down. I think that's what Liverpool should do at home most weeks. But you'd expect them to beat Palace, wouldn't you? Well, there's been a, a bit of success in Liverpool at the weekend, lads, with the. Uh, Liverpool ladies becoming the champions of England. Uh, they won 12 of the 14 games. Now, you know that's that's a terrific, terrific record. And uh, you know the the club back the players. They I think we, they wear a kit, don't they? they? They've got you know Liverpool kit, Liverpool sponsorship. They, they brought players in. I think from. I think even Europe. Am I right, Ronnie, in saying that? They've brought a couple of American girls in, haven't they? And we've got some of the Everton players um, from last year who were half decent. Um, it's a great achievement to win any league, isn't it? It's just nice to hear Liverpool mm. Football Club won a league title. If it was a men's, it'd be, it'd be even better, really, for us. But um, now I watched bits of the game on LFC TV. Um, second goal. I can't remember the girl's name. She took a brilliant come in on the right and smashed her into the top of the net. Um, they're coming on. They're leaps and bounds. They're getting better and better. And Will there come a day when they're going to play in the men's game? We, we've talked about this for a long time, but they seem to be getting a little bit closer. Um, the, 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 skill, the skill levels you see on the pitch, you know, they've got all the step-overs, all the drag-backs. They, they do all that now. They're, they're coming on. When I used to run the soccer camps years ago... Uh, we had to, not had to, but girls started to come on, only maybe two or three, and in a whole group of maybe 100 kids, you maybe get two or three girls. Uh, and there was one up in Scotland, <laughs> she was the best player. She was about 11, 11, 12 year old, without a doubt, the best player among everybody there, all the boys and everybody. And the boys were all like, oh, she can play, can't she? She was terrific. And the way that American football, ladies' football, has grown uh, from way back, I'm talking now a good. 25 years when they, when they really started getting into it because uh, they they took to it quicker I think than, than than we did it traditionally Britain has been you know men's football but the Americans ladies and and they're the ones now who are the top players in fact I think am I right in saying this that a couple of the players maybe two or three of the players in the Liverpool team were Americans. I think it's developing. I think where they want to go is obviously they want to develop it. You know, girls have won 12 out of the 14 games. They probably want to take that 14 games and make it maybe 20 games. So I think it's. I think I'm right in saying it's one of the fastest developing sports in in the country at this moment in time. Um, so I think all power to them, and uh, maybe there will come a day. Probably not in. in well, not certainly not in your lifetime. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in me. In are, you, are you telling me? Are you telling? 
telling me it's not worth buying a season ticket. <laughs> no, but it's a, as, we, as we said before, it's a fantastic uh, achievement. At, you know, at any level, you know, anybody to, to win your league and, and win it so convincingly, I think it's been fantastic. Well, sport and schools. I mean, with the Olympics, the whole thing. You know, everybody's been really up for for sport because it's so important, isn't it? You know. Any type of sport. If you get kids off their backside and not sitting playing with their, their computers, or whatever, and getting them out playing sport is great. Now, having girls football, I don't know if they're doing it in the schools, but certainly, you know, the fact that there's there's a good publicity at the moment with it, and I, I think it's it's a great sport for girls. It's certainly going from strength to strength. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the things. That I, you, I can't think. I don't see how you can stop it now as well. It's, it's really. It's, it's the crowds are coming as yeah. well. I mean, they're getting better crowds all the time. Bigger crowds, bigger sponsorship. Uh, I think it's on the up and up. And hopefully, the, I mean, when you look at, I, I don't think these girls get paid an awful lot of a lot a lot of money. I think uh, they're, they're probably still doing it more for the love of the game as opposed to the, the financial gains that they're getting. Albeit they are professional and they, they do get paid, but that, that will come as a say the bigger the game gets the bigger the sponsorship the more money comes uh, involved in the game I think there's only one way it can go and that's up and up and up so will it go like the tennis and they'll get equal wages and it, yeah, it, well, it, look it, at that Ronnie <laughs> who would have thought got that? a long way to catch up yeah. 250 <laughs> grand a week <laughs> who would have thought that that you know again they get parity don't they in, mm. the, in the tennis and golf hey, huge I mean, money with the men's oh, golf well, I mean those of us that play golf Gary, mm. <laughs> you, you would you would have let it play against some of those women pros for money, would you? I mean, you Absolutely could, not, no. Fantastic. No, yeah, and these little Thai girls, you know, yeah. five foot nothing, uh, hitting the ball bloody two hundred and fifty yards. Pass my pass my putts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, right. Other business lads before we, we finish. Um five times dot co, which is uh, our, our website, uh We'll soon have options, uh, option pieces there and columns uh, from the lads. All the lads will be doing various columns. So something there for you to look out for. Your, your favourite former player uh, will be having his say about various things and you can uh, you can log on to that. Uh, a former player's dinner November the 4th at Anfield, well, it's as good as sold out. So just a few tickets left. Anybody in the area who uh, fancies turning up to that, uh, you better be quick because... It's November the 4th at Anfield, uh, so you can look up the website for that. Uh, the game at Chester on the 13th of October. Uh, are you boys playing in that? Not sure, to be honest with you. No, 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 no selected. No, probably not. I'm invited. on the bench again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Big Yates is playing. Come and see the legends. John Barnes, who was with us last week, he'll have to really cut down on the calories, I think, for that one. <laughs> Big Yan. Well, there's a, there's a back four. <laughs> 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 Aldo, John Aldridge, uh, up the front there. Aldo will score a few. Uh, again, they're playing against a team of celebrities and ex-Everton lads for the Once Upon a Smile charity for uh, little battling Joshua. He's a mascot on the day. Uh, Once Upon a Smile charity. And the uh, 13th of October at Chester Football Club. I just wish I was fit enough to be there, boys, and play myself. <laughs> I might have something else on. Uh, so, from, from all of us, from all of us here uh, at the, the Hilton Hotel in downtown Liverpool, thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.